Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, what's up, guys? U.S. Amateur Week this week. I love this event, one of the best in the game. It's the pure side of the game. It's it's a, it's the history, right? It's there's so much uh, that has gone into the history of this event. We know the USGA puts it on. They love this event, and it's going to be at Cherry Hills this week. It's in Denver. They actually played Cherry Hills. Remember, the PGA Tour was there in 2015. 14, I want to say, uh, in the playoff event, BMW. I remember flying out there. Beautiful course. I love that first green. Remember the, the story? Arnold Palmer drove that green in the U.S. Open one year. Pretty amazing. But just a, a fun walk. It's a lot of variety. Some elevation changes. I love the course. The water towards the end. I think 17, par 5 had some water on it. Um, so there's just a lot of, of cool landmarks to the course. A lot of history with it. And this week, I have Carl Phillips on the podcast. Carl is from Australia. He's 21 years old. He's a senior at Stanford, so he has an American accent, actually. He's been living in the States for basically the last 10, 11 years. Uh, his dad, Paul Phillips, brought him over, and uh, he went to high school in the Tampa area, um, basically until age 18, and then now he's going to Stanford. Uh, really a, a huge journey to get here, though. I mean, his dad has been a massive proponent for him, has started a YouTube video page back in 2008 when he was like six or seven, and has documented so many things. You go on their YouTube page now, you're going to see like practice rounds, random practice rounds in Australia with Min Woo Lee. Like the two of them going at it, having these funny matches, bantering back and forth. And it's his dad filming them. And it's just hilarious. Like all these benchmark moments. You'll see highlights of him playing in the Western Amateur in Illinois just uh, earlier this month. You'll see him making a big run at Pinehurst uh, in the North and South Amateur, uh, which was just uh, pretty good. I mean, finished second there. Just like the variety of what we see in those clips is amazing. Just I, I just think the vision his dad had just to promote his son. He's found a way. He's got a website, carlgolf.info, which is just showcased everything. This kid won World Juniors four times. When he was seven, nine, ten, and twelve, part of the Pac-12 winning Stanford championship team. Uh, so a lot of a lot of cool things that have happened so far for Carl. He plays first U.S. Open just this past June, and he was coached, is coached by Colin Swatton, who of course caddied and coached for Jason Day for many years. So a really cool dynamic having Cole on the bag for that week. But also just as his coach, we get into kind of how he's mentored him recently in his last year or two, getting him ready for pro golf. And it's going to be one more year as a senior at Stanford. So we'll see how that goes for him. But really a pretty cool story with Carl Villas, but don't underestimate this guy. He's a really strong talent. There's a lot to look forward to with what his game brings. He's such a good driver of the ball. I had to ask him what he, it was the first time or he consistently was hitting the ball 300 yards. This guy driving is a big strength of his. He's not super tall either, but he's just got a way to just use the ground. He's got this really strong lower body, and he's able to to play some good golf. He was able to get in the U.S. Open uh, with co-medalist honors with Isaac Simmons, who was on the last podcast there as well. So anyway, 
This is Carl Phillips on Beyond the Clubhouse. You're really going to enjoy the stories uh, from where he came from in golf. And he's got some insight on Rose Zhang and her practice and her work regimen. Of course, she was on Stanford women's golf team as well. So just a lot of cool stuff here. Uh, Michael Thorbjornsson is his roommate over in Stanford. So whenever he says Michael, he's always referring to Michael Thorbjornsson, who played in U.S. Open, what, four or five years ago, and it was at Pebble Beach, his first one, 2019. He's had some success, too, finished fourth in the Travelers a couple years back. So he's kind of been knocking on the door. He's a senior as well at Sanford, going to finish up this year. So anyway, Carl Billups here on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right, please be joined now by senior from Stanford, Carl Billups. Just played in his first U.S. Open this summer. No big deal. Finished second at Pinehurst in the Northern and Southern Amateur. A lot going on this summer, but uh, how are you doing, Carl? What's been happening, man? Doing well, thanks, Garrett. Um, just played a few events so far this summer. U.S. Open was obviously pretty cool, but uh, just kind of grinding down here in uh, Orlando, getting ready for U.S. Open, which I'm leaving for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, U.S. Amateur coming up here. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, at, uh, at Cherry Hills in Denver. Um, it's interesting when I look at at this summer playing in your first U.S. Open, you had your coach, your swing coach, Cole Swatton, caddying for you. What was that week like? You said on Instagram that you learned a lot about yourself. Like, so what what kinds of things did you learn about yourself in in high level competition like that? I think uh, just being in that environment for a whole week. So I got in there pretty early. I think on Saturday or Sunday and just kind of getting accustomed to everything. I learned really what it took to, to be at that level, you know, how the guys uh, prep um, on the range at the facilities and then versus that on the course. I think that just kind of showed me where I'm at and where I think I'm at and then where I need to be. Um, <clears throat> so that was really the big takeaway that I had. And then just communicating with my coach who uh, obviously caddy for Jason for many years, uh, just kind of seeing how he goes about the process uh, during the practice rounds and taking notes throughout the tournament as well, just way beyond kind of what I would expect of myself. So my expectations kind of grew a little bit as far as preparation and, you know, planning out a strategy for a course. Um, and then just, it was a pretty humbling experience. You know, I didn't feel like I played that good. Didn't feel like I played that bad. And, you know, it was just, pretty easy couple rounds of two and three over. Um, but overall it was an awesome experience. And yeah, I did learn a, a lot about my game and myself that week. Was there, um, I don't know, were there any players that you had never seen before? Got, got to meet in person, some of these stars, some of these superstars of golf, like um, which ones might come to mind? I think uh, I, I'd met or seen uh, a lot of them in person or heard them talk uh, at least, but seeing them on the range was a lot different, uh, you know, warming up next to Scotty or Rory, uh, you know, that was really cool. Just, you know, the whole gallery is just focused in on one person and you're right next to them. Um, so the first couple of days I got there, I was, I was pretty nervous. Um, but hitting, hitting next to the guys is really cool. Um, just seeing them, how they go about it, um, with all their track mans and quads and everything. Um, but yeah, no, that was really cool. And then obviously playing with a couple of guys, um, it was just it was great seeing you know a lot of those top level players. So you guys played your Stanford guys like um, you know a lot of members from your team like you guys try to play practice rounds together. What was that camaraderie like? And then also any other players that you played with that maybe you hadn't seen before? 
Yeah, so our, our practice round on the uh, on the Tuesday was really cool. It was me, Michael, uh, Barkley, and Alex. And it was just kind of like any other competitive round at Stanford and qualifying or whatever, you know. You just throw a little two-teamer out there, have a little best ball fun, and, you know, soak it all in. You know, you're at the U.S. Open, um, all the grandstands and everything. And it's it's just quite surreal. You know, you're walking down whole nine at Stanford um, in a qualifier, and then you're doing the same thing at the U.S. Open, and it's for real. So that whole experience with my teammates was awesome. You know, I'm sure we all would have loved to have played better, but <laughs> – um, having it in LA as well, like in California, you know, we had a lot of support, um, from the school, you know, our coach was out there. Um, so that, that was really cool. And then we had another fun practice round. It was myself, Michael, uh, Gordon Sargent and Preston Summer Hayes. And then the only one I played with pros was with, uh, Kurt Kitayama, Taylor Montgomery and Justin Suh. And that was really cool. You know, just a bunch of Taylor May guys, um, got along pretty well. And just seeing kind of how each of them had a very different game and um, approach to how they play and just kind of soaking it all in, trying to learn as much as I could off of them. Yeah. Well, I know Kitayama and, and Sa are pretty good buddies. So it's just funny that you can get you can get some pretty good vibes, I imagine, from, um, you know, different groupings and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I'm also thinking you mentioned Michael, Michael uh, Thor Bjornsson, who has been on your team with you every basically every step of the way. Right. It's been you, here you yeah. guys going into senior season. Um, what is it like seeing him play really well? Remember, he had a top four at the Travelers a couple of years ago, and then also kind of growing with him. What is that like for you guys kind of getting to the next levels here? I think it's cool and it's also very inspiring. You know, we've we've been friends for I think the first time we met was when we were six, US kids stuff. And then seeing each other grow and get better over the years has been really cool. And then um, really develop at Stanford has been, you know, it's really been cool to see Michael uh, start playing really well, you know, he's hit form um, and, you know, watching him succeed is is great. Um, obviously, you know, it's like, I would love to be doing that instead. So it pushes me to work harder. Um, and I think it's just great being on campus and practicing with, with someone who's better than you um, really just, you know, consistently trying to beat them and be better than them. And it's someone to look up to you know, throughout the year. So it's been really cool. You know, what my best friend, you know, just consistently, you know, playing so well at the moment and being a front runner for PGA Tour U. So it's going to be really cool to see where he goes in the next couple of years. Definitely. And when you talk about being on campus, Stanford, I, I think about you guys winning the Pac-12 and, and going through something like that. How, how enjoyable is that? How does that feel? Winning Pac-12s was awesome, uh, especially – Last day, big comeback uh, on home on home turf. Um, it was awesome. Uh, we had a lot of support coming down the last few holes, and it's you know not something that we get at any other event. Um, and we obviously had our home tournament this year at uh, Harding Park, so it wasn't quite the same. Um, so to have it be the conference championship instead of that one at Stanford, and to win it in comeback fashion was was pretty special. And to have everyone on the team there um, playing and not playing um, was really cool. Well, I love you mentioned Harding Park because I think about the draw to go to Sanford, right? Like you called it heaven, right? You just love the campus. You love that part of the world. So I'm curious, uh, as you're becoming a NorCal guy, so what are some of the courses or maybe some of the specific holes in Monterey, in San Francisco that you've really gotten to like out there? So I really I really enjoy, uh, it's actually kind of out of the Bay Area, but TPC Stonebrae 
Uh, I just think that's so fun. You know, you can shoot 80 or you can shoot 62. It just depends how you're hitting it. Uh, I really like Lake Merced. I think that's a super solid course. Um, and also Olympia or Olympic. It's really fun. Uh, I know that there's a couple courses there. We've played the part three and the, the championship one. And the championship one, when we played rough was up. So it was pretty tough and a, and a good challenge. But, you know, when it's cold, windy, most of the year um, in the Bay Area, those courses are, you know, a totally different beast than when you play them in the summer. What's your best round at Olympic so far? I shot five under in this little kind of inner tournament that we do. And me and Michael tied for medalist in that thing. And we got like towels with our names on them. It was, <laughs> it was a funny ordeal, but no, that, that was definitely my best round. And that was a fun day, you know, competing with him. Well, as you talk about Michael, like I know you guys have been roommates, as you, obviously going through this whole process um, in college golf, what's, what's a memory that so far comes, comes to mind of it. One of your favorites so far for you guys in your time at, at Sanford? I mean, there's, a lot, there's a lot to choose from. I mean, <laughs> there, there's a lot, there's just a lot of funny things that happen on the road. Um, it's tough to, I just have such a good time with my teammates. I mean, it's really tough to single out one event that comes to mind. Um, oh, man, there's like, there's so many. And, and you can, um, you can chew on that too, if you want. Yeah. Let, let me sit on that one for a little bit. We'll come back to that. Well, as we talk about Stanford, what are you really excited about for senior year? You got one more year left. What's, uh, you know, what, what's really pulling you? I'm just really excited to play. You know, it's obviously a big year with PJ Tour U. I think I clocked in at 24 on the preseason rankings. So I'm just, I'm just pumped to see what I can do and uh, put in a lot of work to, to get up there in those rankings because um, that's obviously really important to me. Um, and I'm also excited to, you know, graduate. You know, it's been a quick three years. You know, first year kind of flew by because of COVID. And, you know, the journey's almost over, which is crazy to me. But I'm excited to kind of get out there and see what I can do uh, during the season and then hopefully right after that. Yeah, there's – I mean, there's just a lot going on. Um, well, for you also, too, what would you like to do in golf? Like, where do you – I know you've talked about wanting to be number one in the world before – um, but what would you like to kind of accomplish from this game? I mean, yeah, that definitely would love to be number one in the world. Um, you know, when I was younger, I'd say I want to break Tiger's records, but you know, <laughs> the game, everyone's getting so good now. I just, I don't think anyone's touching that, but I mean, out of this game, you know, obviously next year it's big, it's a huge stepping stone into the next level. Um, and then, you know, hopefully once I get there, it's just win as much as I can and, play as well as I can and obviously try to be number one. And I'm just really excited. I love competing and love competing against the best. So I'm just pumped to get out there. Um, and yeah, like I've said, I just can't wait to see what I can do. Well, see what we can do. We, we got US Amner coming up here uh, right now in, in the forefront. What are you excited about for Cherry Hills for next week at the USAM? I'm excited for more match play. You know, I had pretty good experience in match play at the north and south earlier this summer and i hadn't really had a great history at it um i feel like i'm starting to get better and you know obviously you got to get there and i'm just i'm just pumped to you know go back into some match play style golf and play someone one-on-one -on -one. and you know there's a lot of a lot of rounds of it at the usm uh definitely more so than the north and south um 
but yeah, US, uh, US Amateur Cherry Hills, I mean, it's going to be so good. Colorado Golf Club looks awesome. Um, and I'm just pretty pumped. I've never played in Colorado, so I'm really excited for that as well. So how are you going to take on these elevation changes? Have you talked to any pros or any, uh, any friends of yours that have played those courses or elevation courses? Um, not really. I mean, I've, you know, heard it's going to be five to 7,000 feet elevation. My coach is bringing, uh, not my coach, my caddy, sorry, is bringing a, a simulator. So we'll be able to test some distances on the course and get a really good gauge of, you know, how far the ball is traveling. Uh, from my experience playing in elevation before it's, you know, drives are going to go miles. Um, it's just going to be a lot of position golf, um, which is also nice because then you're laying up with less club. So I'm excited to see exactly what it is. Um, and, you know, it's never a problem when you're just going to always hit it further. Yeah. And I know you had your girlfriend on the back, I believe, in, the, in Illinois in the Western Amateur. Who do you have uh, for uh, this this week coming up at the AM? So I have my junior golf coach, Stephen Bosdosh, caddying for me. He caddied for me at the Southern earlier this year. And also the sectional qualifier, which you may have seen him at. Yeah, where you guys got through as co-medalists with Isaac Simmons. Um, mm -hmm. You made it through round of 16. You beat a Brad Dalke. You said that was your best round ever. At that point in time, this is you know three, four years ago, at Pinehurst 2019 USAM. Is there a round since then that, that, that kind of trumps that one? Or, or what are you thinking? Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had a, had a few good ones, but I think just the way the course was set up and everything, I just, I don't think there's one that quite tops it at the moment. Maybe, potentially one of my rounds in sectionals this year, actually, I, I just played really well. Um, but I think under the circumstances and the course, the conditions, you know, having it being the USN, that was also me being i think 16 or 17 i still will classify that as like my best round ever yeah that was that was gutsy all things considered um what we were talking earlier about favorite memories with michael Thor thorbrinson and other other players on your team um and we when, when you get to that let me know but i was going to say akshay batia has been what you call a rival in junior golf can you think of a time where you guys had a had a pretty good one-on-one -on -one or a good match uh that comes to mind there with akshay having just beaten your uh sanford alum there uh, patrick rogers there in reno yeah uh i think our closest oh yeah i got good ones i think the youth olympics which were in argentina in 2018 uh, we had a duel down the stretch there was some back and forth scoring, a lot of two shot swings. Um, I think it was, I was four down with like eight to play and then I brought it back and then he went two ahead. Then we brought it back tied and then I buried the last to win by one. Um, it was just a lot of great golf down the stretch and that was definitely our, probably our closest battle, but I ended up taking it there. But yeah, no, like you said, it's really cool to see him win uh, finally out on tour because um he turned pro early and it's nice to see him have some success um, on the PJ tour. Yeah. Yeah. Getting that first win uh, on the PJ tour in Reno uh, just a few weeks ago. And when I look at other good players that maybe you've spent time with, I think of a Rose Zhang, I would imagine you've played some golf with her over the years. And is there like a story at all that illustrates how good she is? Like it's, it's hard for us, you know, at home to understand like her talent, but I mean, is there anything that comes to mind playing with, her or any of the girls on the on the women's team yeah i think just observing her over the last couple of years 
will kind of speak for itself to why she's so talented. Like when I think I show up early to practice, she's already there. You know, I go to class, I come back and she's still there. She, she obviously went to class, came back, has lunch already made and then practices till dark. Like she does that every day and then comes on Saturday, plays in the morning as well, which I joined a couple of times. Um, but it's just her work ethic is unbelievable. And, you know, all of the success I believe comes from that. I mean, it's like, I could probably tell you in detail what her routine is at Siebel, um on a daily <laughs> basis, but we won't go into that, but it's just, her work ethic is un- outstanding and there's no, there's no wonder why she's so good. Yeah. Well, as we think about players that are your peers like that, I, I, I look beyond that also too, just about what are, who's a player, maybe a pro now that maybe you look up to and kind of get advice. If you get any mentorship from any guys um, on the pro ranks or, or have gone through college golf or are now in a different phase of their life, anybody like that, or, or you kind of get that from Cole Swatton or, yeah, no, I definitely say that Cole is my biggest inspiration as far as understanding what it's like on tour and how, how I'm going to get there. You know, he's very blunt with me on everything. And ever since I've been working with him, I've worked a lot harder than I did before. I understand the game a lot more. And, you know, he's just been great to talk to about golf, what it takes and all of that. So he's been a big help in my crew. And and I hope to continue working with him. You know, my swing itself has gotten a lot better. And like I said, my understanding of the game. So I would say he's the person at the moment that I'm kind of speaking to about the next level. So I'm but trying I to get do have, um, I do have my thought on that memory earlier. I'm going to yeah, tell yeah. you before I leave it. <laughs> we had a, um, like an Easter egg hunt, but kind of golf incorporated. And our sixth year senior last year Nate he captained it and all the guys on the team came together and we spent a few hours on a Sunday morning just doing basketball incorporated drills but with golf it was it was just a lot of fun you know that whole day was awesome um and that was probably my favorite memory just being around with the guys racing in the carts running falling over screaming it was just a lot of fun man and it was a perfect day yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, it's nice to have days that you can kind of look back on and kind of reflect and enjoy when it's all said and done. Um, when, when I reflect and actually look back at your career, I think about for listeners who have never heard of Carl Phillips and don't understand where you're from, kind of like your background, what's give us a sense of how you got started in the game, because I know that it's a pretty unique story, the way that you were able to collect a lot of golf balls and then exchange them in for, you know, like there's a lot of grit that went into it for you and your dad back in the early stages. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think even now I forget some of the, the small intricate things that got me to where I am, but yeah, definitely collecting the golf balls um, during the evening at our local course uh, to, to then buy my first set of I don't know, us kids clubs or, you know, buying gloves, like using that, to pay for basically all the essentials I needed to practice um, was really the first foundation to the career ahead. And from there, my dad and I just went and practiced pretty much every day and I fell in love with it. Um, And he loved being there for me and, you know, teaching me and coaching me um, while I was a junior. And eventually that brought me to the U S on a scholarship and an academy when I was 11. 
And I basically went through that whole process um, at boarding school and academies all the way through graduation. And then now I'm at Stanford. So yeah, to, to think like where it started um, and how I had to, to get into the game and then to where I am now, I think it's pretty cool. How many golf balls did you have to uh, find to exchange uh, for a, golf, a set of golf clubs? Like, what oh, did that I mean, work so, like? so many. I remember I would I would also go – this is pretty disgusting. I would go <laughs> into the garbage cans on the course, and I would find the sleeves and the boxes that balls came with. I would bring those boxes home, you know, if they were clean enough, and would have so many of that ball collected that I could basically fill – dozens of boxes and balls uh, with that same ball. And that's how it happened. Like over two or three years, I probably collected 7,000, 8,000 balls. I mean, my whole room was full of boxes and I would sit there, I would clean them. I would organize them. I loved it. Um, and then that ended up paying for everything. You know, there was, there were a lot of places around town that were accepting those. This ain't no hobby, man. <laughs> no. No, no. So 7,000 golf balls got you what, a, a set of clubs or it got you the clubs, the the gloves? Like, oh, like it, it, got me everything. it got me everything for like three years. You know, I was pretty close with the coach or head professional at my local club when I was five, six, seven. And he would say, I don't know, 1,000 balls for, for this and that. And I, I definitely still had plenty left over. But basically whatever I needed, I could trade in for balls or I'd end up just using them on the range um or to play with them so i never had any of the the snazzy things the decked out set of clubs when i was six it was just pretty standard like whatever i could find i used and didn't start getting serious till i was like nine or ten well and you went to the junior world the first time when you finished seventh with with clubs that were like six seven five six yeah right? they, right? Were, like they the were split split irons so like a nine eight seven six Gosh, I think I had seven or eight total clubs. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> you know what I was getting myself into. Yeah, but you still you beat over 100 people. You finished seventh. You go back the next year, you win, and then you win it, what, three other times after that at 9, 10, and 12. I mean, what was what, what, what that feel like, man? Uh, winning winning those was awesome. I, I think, you know, whenever I go back to Pioneers for the North and South, even now, I just reminisce on – you know, I stayed in that hotel when I was six, like it's still there. Uh, I go to this um, local golf shop in Pioneers called Robert's Golf every year. And I've been going there since I was six. And we have pictures of the wall with the staff um, since 2008. And it's just great every year going back there and seeing them. And then whenever I would win, I would come in take a pick with the trophy. And it's just cool to have people like that in a community like Pioneers that you've won at and you can come back and see, you know, and continue to see and hopefully i'll be there next year again for the open yeah gotta have those goals man um when i think about also getting in australia this is perth australia right yes where you where you originated where what was the name of that course where you would go find golf balls the cut tough course on the ocean windy you know prime losing golf ball conditions <laughs> just walk a couple holes and find a hundred a night probably I mean, did you have like wildlife you're fighting to get these things, like snakes or any, lizards or anything or what? Oh, yeah, definitely. My dad would always make me go kind of under the bushes that he couldn't fit under like because I was <laughs> nimble and little. 
Um, and I didn't really ever think about it. You know, I don't think I ever ran into any snake issues, definitely some spider problems, but I think that, that we should have been a little more concerned than we were for sure. Um, but like I said, I was just having too much fun to even think about that stuff. Love it. I absolutely love the grit. Um, and also just the vision that your dad had. When, when I look at your YouTube channel, going back to, you know, the all the times you played with Min Woo Lee back five years ago when he walked with you guys and, and filmed you doing everything. He's documented everything. I go to your website, Carl Golf. Um, he's, he really had a lot of vision, your, your dad, Paul, that's, that he's put into this, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, starting the YouTube channel um, was huge. I mean, it was able to fund a lot of my trips to the States to even have the opportunity to win tournaments like the U.S. Kids and the Junior Worlds. Um and he, he still even posts now. I mean, it's just, it's fun to go look at like swings when I was six and it's all there. Like I can see everything. Um, he has files in the storage and I'm, I'm really grateful that he was able to film everything growing up because I'm able to look back on those memories from when I was six through now and just see kind of how the game developed, how my swings developed, you know, and yeah, it's, it's been cool. Uh, I, there were definitely times where I was like, ah, I don't want to do this. Like <laughs> it's stupid, you know, just peer pressure in a way. Um, but now it's like, oh, I'm so glad we did all that. Like there, I wouldn't really be here without it. So I'm really grateful for it. For sure, man. Well, and also Australia, how often do you get back, back home to Australia? Probably go back once a year, uh, either for a tournament or just other things. Um, my dad comes over here a lot. Um, so there isn't really any need for me to get back over there. It's just such a long way and it's expensive. So I'm I'm going to go back for the Asia Pacific this year, um, which is going to be at Royal Melbourne. Yeah, you can't miss that. And I got to ask you about that. Royal Melbourne, one of the great crowns of, of all, all of golf. Like, How much are you looking forward to that course? Uh, do, how well do you know it and, and that event, like be able to play that event one more time? Yeah, it's going to be pretty special. I mean, I've, I've played there a little bit over the years. We had Junior President's Cup there a couple of years ago not a couple of years ago now, like four years ago. <laughs> and it's an awesome place. I mean, it's as pure as it looks um, and what people talk about. So I'm just excited to be back on home turf, um, trying to win a title there um, and get into the Masters. You know, every opportunity is a special one um, to play in, you know, the Masters. And I think it might get me to the Open as well. Uh, and I felt like I was pretty close last year in Thailand. And I think definitely being on Royal Melbourne, being a course that I've played a bunch before should be an advantage for me. What's your best round there? I shot a, a four under to have the lead uh, the first round of the Australian Master of the Amateurs a few years ago. I think I was like 15 or 16. I was talking about the other three rounds, but I remember that was <laughs> the low round. But this, I think the Asia Pacific, so they're going to do a composite setup, which is both courses. And that one specific round was on the east, which... I think they use about six holes from the East. So it's tough to say really um, for the setup that they're going to use for the tournament. Hmm. Well, I, I'm not going to ask you to pick a favorite course in Australia, but what are like three or four favorite holes? What's that? Metropolitan golf club is my favorite course. Oh, Australia. well then there you go. What, what, why is that? I don't know. I just love it. I mean, the, the whole Melbourne sand belt is pretty special. Um, every course is unique. Uh, even though they look and kind of feel the same, they're all very different. And for some reason, Metro fits my eye really well. 
Um, I've had a lot of good memories on that course and it's pretty tough. So I like that one a lot. And then obviously Royal Melbourne, it's got to be up there. The West course at Royal Melbourne is really fun. Mm. Well, you were talking about playing um, it for the uh, Junior Presidents Cup like four years ago. Trevor Immelman was out there. You, you, Gary Player, you spent time with some of those guys. What what was it like to play for for those teams and to be around some of those big stars? Sorry, I lost you there for the last 10 seconds. Yeah, no worries. I was just going to say, having played uh, Junior Presidents Cups in the past and being around Trevor Immelman, some of those guys, what how how cool was that? And um, what do you take away from 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 those captains? Uh, I mean, I think you'd, you'd be surprised kind of the role of the captain in those events. I think they're just there to to boost you up and make sure that you're having a good time. I mean, they'll give you advice if you ask for it. Uh, I think it's kind of like a college coach um, when they're following you around during the seasons. He won't give you advice unless you ask for it. But having Trevor there was awesome. He just, the stories, it was him and uh, I think Stuart Appleby was a captain as well one year, just having them talk about stories from their their per- personal president's cup experiences was really cool and then obviously being on a bunch of team or a team with a bunch of my friends um from australia and that i'd known through junior golf was really cool and then also competing against a lot of the guys that i played um in the ajga with um was pretty sweet definitely well when i look back on your, your younger years how old were you when you first were able to consistently hit the ball about 300 as I know, driving's been a strength for a while. Yeah, I think I was 14 when I started uh, getting the swing speed up to about 113, 114. I remember when I got fitted into a purple O-band shaft, I was definitely hitting at about 300. But the big benchmark for me was hitting it like in the air 280 when I was 13 or 14. I remember because I would practice in Hilton Head at Sea Pines and I was able to carry the range one day. And I was like, whoa. And then from there, it just never stopped. Like for the next three months, I just kept gaining like five yards a week. It was crazy. And then obviously I had to start dialing it back to get straighter. Um, And then now I probably hit it the same distance as I did then. I I was looking online. um, Your first hole in one was at Torrey Pine South Course, right? Number 16? No, it was at Sequan Resort, hole 16. In the Junior World's. Junior World. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I mean, what was that reaction like? How'd that feel to get that first ace? Uh, I remember it was a little par three course. I just kind of jumped into my dad's arms, I'm pretty sure. And then we took a picture, which I still have. But other than that, I don't really remember too much of of that hole in one, to be honest. Um, I do remember that it was a six iron and it was hit slightly thin. That's all I remember. Well, actually, that's my only uh, my only ace in my life was six iron. I thinned at like dusk at our local muni. My dad yeah. tag, my dad happened to tag along, so he was with me too. Um, but that's great, I've man. Most of mine with a six iron. What's that? That I've had most of mine with a six iron. It's kind of crazy. There's been like one maybe with another club, but it's all been a six iron. <laughs> well, how many total do you have? I have eight now. My last one was an eight iron. That was actually, you know what? <laughs> Thinking about fun memories on the team, that was yeah, one yeah. of them. We were, we were in Cabo on our okay. at the Cabo Collegiate, and we were playing a course before the event started called El Dorado. And I was it was a pretty chill place. I was wearing my Dame Lillard jersey, shorts and flip flops and a bucket hat. 
and I just pulled this eight iron and we thought it went in, but we couldn't tell because him was over the bunker and we all just ran and <laughs> we saw it in the hole. We all went nuts. It was, that was a lot of fun. And this was like Michael and everybody, like the whole gang or playing with Michael Barkley and Ethan that day. So the we had a blast and we played a uh, basketball afterwards. It was just a good day. And you got a lot of, a lot of different things you guys do. I, I know you and Michael are also huge music guys, like big time music guys. I, I, I mean, are you listening all the time during practice or like, what are, what are some of your artists that you love? Uh, yeah. I mean, if I'm not listening to music while I'm practicing, <laughs> anyway, some days I like to just listen to the ball, but you know, if I'm going to be out there for three or four hours in the, in the steaming hot weather right now, I'm going <laughs> to be listening to music uh, at the moment. You know, Travis Scott, Utopia just came out, uh, Post Malone as well. And then I just kind of like a bunch of different songs from a very, very broad range of genres. And they're all just on like this playlist and I shuffle it constantly. And, you know, I just listen to that. I wouldn't say I'm as big into finding new music or discovering it um, as much as I was during COVID. Um, but I still just love listening to music. What would we be most surprised to hear on your playlist? Um, right now, one of my favorite songs is uh, a song called Religiously. Um, it's a country song. It's really good. But I don't know. I, I feel like I played it in front of my girlfriend and she was pretty surprised that I was listening to it. But Oh, and <laughs> definitely some Ice Spice. That's probably just like a a little thing of mine. I just Some of her songs are just good. And when I'm driving, I like to listen to them. <laughs> well, hey, man, really a lot of fun catching up with you here on, on Beyond the Clubhouse. Thanks for taking the time and, and good luck at the USAM and, and your senior year coming up, man. Yeah, thanks, Garrett. Thanks for having me on. All right, my thanks to Carl for jumping on the pod. I love some of those stories. I love his uh, views on music, too. He is a huge music fan, so fun to get into that as well. Um, but, yeah, I love how much he enjoys San Francisco and the Bay Area and, and going to school there, but also the courses, you know, talking about some of those favorites like Merced and Olympic Club. And I love how he asks, what's your best score there? Oh, yeah, no no big deal. Just a bunch under par. No, no big deal. This guy is is a pretty solid player, obviously, as you can tell uh, from his game. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to follow him. Keep an eye on what he does over these next couple years after this year at Stanford. What will happen in his early part of the career? How soon will it take him to get to the PGA Tour from there? So anyway, Carl Billups on the pod. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll catch up soon. Enjoy the U.S. Amateur this week as we watch on golf, and we'll catch up soon on Beyond the Clubhouse. <laughs>